Okay, welcome to Progressive News Network and the Environmental Justice Report here on Blog Talk Radio. If you saw our advert, you saw that the two shows have kind of merged. Uh, so we have the acronym for both shows. And today, the focus really is on the environmental issue. So it's the Environmental Justice Report. Uh, I am the host of both shows and the producer, Janine Moloff. And we're just going to get right into it today. So um, the Manch- if you saw the advert, it says Manchin-Schumer bill, a potential, and then in quotes, climate bomb. Let that sink in for a minute. The much-heralded Manchin-Schumer reconciliation bill, to put bluntly, is a scam. The tax reforms, which originally included the, eradic- the eradication of the carried interest loophole, uh, has been tossed thanks to Senator Kirsten Cinema. Those of you that are unaware or don't know what the carried interest loophole is, it basically allows rich hedge fund um, heads to uh, basically hide their true wealth so they pay a lot less tax, if any at all. And, and you know, so Cinema did that. We we knew, we knew that Senator Cinema was going to do something along those lines because. She's bought and paid for. You know, and it's ironic because she, even though this is an environmental show, she used to be a green a long time ago, which shows that, you know, my father always said you can count your really, your true friends usually on one hand because there are very few people that will turn down or walk away from money being and influence being thrown at them and, and basically keep their ethical uh, framework, which cinema has tossed a long time ago. All right, let's be honest here. And as bad as that is, that's not the worst. That's not the worst part of what I call this dirty dog of a deal. The alleged environmental reforms, which, by the way, do, do include some tax monies for cleaner renewable energy sources such as solar and wind, you have to be fair, but it also comes with a giant giveaway to get to. The fossil fuel industry in terms of cheap taxpayer-subsidized opportunities for fossil fuel producers to lease public land for basically pennies on the dollar. These are public lands. They belong to you and I. But once again, we're going to subsidize big fossil fuel as they keep pushing a product which they have known excuse me, for decades, <coughs> getting a little upset here. <coughs> oh, boy. Hold on a second, folks. Oh. Big fossil fuel has known for decades, as per studies they did in-house, in other words, studies that fossil fuel conducted in their own corporations, they've known for decades, plural, that their product is the number one factor in global climate devastation. I'm not going to call it climate change. That's soft peddling it. What we're talking about is climate devastation. We are destroying this planet. And this planet could be uninhabitable in a short span of 40 or 50 years or possibly less unless we change our ways, period. So this foul deal has been called out by a few by some environmentalists as a major quote climate bomb, and we're going to be talking about that in a minute. 
one of the giveaways in this plan, in order to get Joe Manchin's cooperation, you know that the White House had to, you know, bend over, spread the cheeks, and I don't mean the ones in the northern exterior, and, you know, take it, give Manchin what he wants. All right? Or nothing was going to happen with the numbers we have here. And one of the giveaways Manchin really wanted in his home state is the Mountain Valley Pipeline, which, according to, you know, mainstream media, carries shale gas. And we've been told natural gas is cleaner. That's the one thing. Shale isn't the same thing as the natural gas that we think of when, you know, here, for instance, in St. Louis, fire sends natural gas. Shale and oil gas basically is what we used to call tar sands. It is among the dirtiest energy in existence, far worse than even coal, seriously. So the Mountain Valley Pipeline is something Manchin's went a long time ago. And again, this pipeline, to add insult to injury, you know, a lot of conservatives will think, well, we need these pipelines so we're not energy dependent on Saudi Arabia or Venezuela or whatever, except that the, the tar sands, the dirty tar sands uh, gas that's going to be sent through the pipeline will not benefit people here in the United States, if you can call it a benefit anyway. It's, it is targeted for sale overseas, most specifically to China. Yeah. It's amazing how these small media outlets like here at PNN and EJR or at BuzzFlash or um, ProPublica, Oil Change International, we can find these things, this information online that all the money at CNN and Face Nation, they can't find. And, yes, I'm being very sarcastic right now. So that's what it is. You've been lied to. A lot, and this is just another set of lies. And now's the time to demand substantive reforms. So that is our big story. And then we're going to have our Jackass of the Week award. So let's just move into it, okay? So we see just about every corporate media group tout this reconciliation bill is a great deal, a symbol of compromise. Ladies and gentlemen, it's just a freaking scam. All right. It's as phony as the peroxide, as the blonde hair that Kirsten Cinema, you know, wears on her head. All right, you know, it's as phony as Ivanka Trump's face, because you you know that girl had a lot of work done. You don't have to look any further than pictures of her when she was a teenager and then as an adult, and it's a different face. But you know, once again. This deal is, in terms of the details, you know that old saying, the devil's in the details? This deal is as phony and, it's as phony and, and, and morally bankrupt as one of Trump's promises, okay? I'm just going to put it there. And, you know, people say, well, don't pick on President Biden. Well, here's the deal. When I report, my attitude is I do the teacher thing because at the end of the day, I have always been a teacher. And I do the teacher thing. You said this. You did this. The documentation shows this. Explain yourself. And when they stonewall, they inevitably always do, then that's a gift. You know, it's like manna from heaven because 
I can honestly say I made X number of contacts to get their side of the story. They did not respond, which makes them look guilty as hell. And then I can go ahead with my own analysis, and I don't have to do that equal sides crap. All right, so let, but you've been lied to, so let's talk about it, okay? So, and again, Joe Biden, look, I voted for the guy, and I know it's a little aside right now. I did, because honestly, Trump had to go. I would have voted for the the end product that comes out of my dog's hind ass when she has bleeding diarrhea over Donald Trump. That's not the same as endorsing what Joe Biden stands for. You know, I still remember decades ago when Joe Biden, during Clarence Thomas's uh, confirmation hearings for the Supreme Court, I still remember watching Joe Biden just verbally abuse Professor Anita Hill, and it was disgusting. All right. I still remember when Joe Biden, when his year earlier in his career, was against desegregation of our schools. So, you know, honestly, Biden doesn't get any brownie points, all right? Now, one other thing before we get into the details of this story. If anybody calls and they have questions or comments, then you need to save it for the last 15 minutes, and then I'll say, okay, now it's time, and I'll wait a few minutes. I'm not going to take comments or questions during this report. All right, I'm just not, because, you know, we pay for it. And, and I'm tired of, you know, everybody's a yenta. And for those of you that aren't in the Jewish community, that means a busybody, someone who thinks they know more than they actually do. So, or in this instance, they are a freeloader when it comes to taking a time that we've paid for. So let's get on to it. So I came onto the story at first, now, I was hearing a lot of the same stuff, and I was going to do a different story. And then I was watching The Young Turks with Shank Uger and Anna Kasparian and John Iarola and, and Dr. Rashad Ritchie and all these great people. And I think it was Anna Kasparian that was talking about this, and she mentioned this first article, these first couple of articles that came from Common Dreams, which is a really cool website, website it's a news website. Jake Johnson wrote it. And, you know, these are smaller websites that are really overlooked. BuzzFlash is another one I published there. And this is where you're going to find real journalism, folks. You're not going to find it on CNN. You're not going to find it on Face the Nation or Meet the Press. You know, what you're going to find there is a combination, this, this strange mixture of entertainment and news, in air quotes. Okay, the news isn't supposed to be entertaining. It's the news. Now, this show is a little different. It's a podcast, but we're getting into it right now. So... From Common Dreams, this piece was published August 2nd, um, today's the 7th, so about, you know, five days ago, written by Jake Johnson. The headline is, quote, alarm raised over mansion side deal that would pave the way for major climate bomb. Okay? Now, you have to understand something. What Manchin's compromises, what he got, are in a side deal that will have to have a separate vote. Um, but once again, you know, Mansion and Cinema have held this country hostage. All right. There's a quote here, Democrats shouldn't be sacrificing communities in the path of the Mountain Valley Pipeline just to please the senator in the pocket of big oil, end quote. And Mountain Valley Pipeline is one of the things that Joe Manchin got, and it's in his home state of West Virginia. And it is a pipeline that will carry shale. That's what the, that's what the mainstream news will keep calling. They'll call it shale gas. They'll keep saying it's cleaner. Folks, it's not. It's dirty tar sands. 
get it straight. Okay? It is shot through these pipelines. We talked about this before. It comes in rock form. It is not like you think of when you go to the gas pump and you put gas in the car and boom, it flows through the hose. It's not like that. This is rocky. It is shot through a, these pipelines under high pressure with the stuff called fracking fluid. Um, and we don't really know all of what's in the fracking fluid as well. We do know it's leaked out that one of the um, components of fracking fluid is benzene, a noted carcinogen, proven carcinogen. Uh, the companies claim proprietary rights, which basically is their way of saying, we invented this stuff, we, we own it, and we don't have to, we, we have a greater right to protect our investment than protect communities if this fracking fluid happens to be poisonous and highly carcinogenic, which it has proven to be. Um, these pipelines also tend to suffer from ruptures. In other words, it breaks. And when this stuff, when this stuff seeps into the ground, the tar sands with the fracking fluid, if it gets into a water supply, it poisons it forever. There's no cleaning it up. It's far worse than traditional oil and gas, far worse. So again, you've been lied to a lot. So let's talk about this. Um, Jake Johnson wrote, environmentalists, he wrote that how environmentalists raised some grave concerns over the, the side deal that Manchin worked, you know, with Senator Schumer and um, the White House. Part of it would, quote, reform the permitting process for an energy projects. So even these uh, small outlets, they're focusing on the Mountain Valley Pipeline, which is a very big deal, but it, it's worse than that even. And these reforms would, quote, clear the way for final approval of the Mountain Valley Pipeline, which would carry fracked gas, that means tar sands, through West Virginia. Okay? Now, end quote. So this is all, this, this agreement was reached, this side deal, in order to get mansion support for what they call the Inflation Reduction Act, which is, quote, a proposed budget reconciliation bill that includes renewable energy investments, drug price reforms, and a number of giveaways to the fossil fuel industry. Okay? Because of its provisions, because its provisions fall outside the bonds of reconciliation, the bounds of reconciliation, the side deal must be passed as separate legislation, end quote. Okay? Put bluntly, and then there's another quote here too. Um, somebody, one of the environmentalists said, quote, fast-tracking fossil fuel projects and industry boondoggles will just throw more fuel on the climate fire, end quote. And put bluntly, this is most certainly not an environmental protection deal. It's the opposite, okay? It's going to carry the product of fracking or hydraulic fracturing and that's tar sands and oil sands, and they are among the dirtiest, poisonous fuels in existence. Make no mistake about it. You know, years ago, I wrote an article to hopefully stop the Keystone pipeline that was favored by um, the Obama administration. And my piece ran in Huffington Post, as well as Truth Out and some others. And, um, you know, we did stop it for a while, and when I did my research in some depth, I found out how poisonous these tar sands and oil sands really are. And part of the keystone was going to go underground, you know, and at one point in the middle of the Midwest, it was going to be 
underground just a few inches, and it was going to be kind of in between the topsoil and the largest aquifer in the Midwest, which supplies a lot of Midwest drinking water. And if that if that pipeline had had ruptured, broken, it could have poisoned the entire aquifer. People need to understand what this is, okay? And, and it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican because these politicians, most of them are millionaires. They figure they'll go to their gated communities and avoid all this unpleasantness. They're wrong, but they think that, okay? Now, the Washington Post did, did obtain a one-page summary. Woohoo! And this was according to Twitter. Um, and the agreement in its current form, quote, would set new two-year limits or maximum timelines for environmental reviews for major projects, end quote. This is a really important statement. I'm going to read it again because you guys need to understand what's really happening here. This agreement that Joe Manchin pushed, quote, would set new two-year limits or maximum timelines for what? for environmental reviews for major projects, end quote. Here in St. Louis, you know, I'm friends with the leaders of the Just Moms group. We know from the way EPA has in the past has neglected the Westlake um, environmental disaster, that setting a time limit for environmental reviews like that only benefits the polluter. They can stall and stall and stall and then Maybe you get some real evidence that this particular uh, facility is really poisoning the community. But uh, two years and one day, too late. This is the game they're playing with our lives. Seriously. And, and there's no legitimate reason for it. The Biden administration is signing away our rights, our right to remain reasonably healthy, our right to not be poisoned by fossil fuel products. Okay. Now, the Washington Post also noted, quote, that this agreement, quote, would also aim to streamline the government processes for deciding approvals for energy projects by centralizing decision making with one lead energy with one lead agency. End quote. So again, streamline the government process for deciding approvals. Okay, I worked in a big bureaucracy in a large school district. That translation, that means we want to rubber stamp things, okay? Because sometimes investigations really need more time to do their due diligence. Fast doesn't mean thorough, okay? Uh, according to the Post, they also said, uh, their notes, yeah, their notes, quote, the bill would also attempt to clear the way for the approval of the Mountain Valley Pipeline which would transport Appalachian shale gas, tar sands, about 300 miles from West Virginia to Virginia. The pipeline is a key priority of mansions, end quote. When you hear them refer to shale, shale gas, whatever, it's tar sands, it's oil sands, it's this poisonous garbage. Okay? Uh, this goes on to say that the summary that the Washington Post uh, obtained, you know, they, they did some due diligence, a whole one-pager, um, goes on to say that the bill also would require what they call relevant agencies, that's the phrase they used to, quote, 
take all necessary actions to permit the construction and operation of the Mountain Valley Pipeline and give the D.C. Circuit jurisdiction over any further legislation, over any further litigation, end quote. Now, the New York Times saw that last little provision and noted that this last move would basically move cases that environmentalists have brought against, you know, fracking companies, against, you know, uh, fossil fuel industry. It would make, it would take the cases involving, in this instance, the Mountain Valley Pipeline specifically. So let me, let me backtrack. I can admit when I made a mistake here. This last part here, switching, switching the jurisdiction, the court jurisdiction on litigation involving the Mountain Valley Pipeline, it would switch it from the 4th District to the D.C. Circuit. Now, the 4th District is where environmentalists have had some successes. And again, it's very unusual. You know, usually litigation is just assigned to whomever. You know, you can try and, you know, and shop, so to speak, for a venue that you think is going to be more sympathetic, but usually just, you know, just just luck with the draw. And to take this, the cases involving this specific project, that's not the way law is supposed to work, folks. The law is not supposed to play favorites with a specific entity. It's supposed to be the same for all. So this looks corrupt in and of itself. Now, they've also said that the emissions impact, the potential emissions impact of the Mountain Valley Pipeline, um, you know, this is, and the pipeline's been caught in a lot of legal and regulatory um, fights for many years, that the emissions impact of this pipeline would be substantial. And according to this article by Jake Johnson, it would be substantial, quote, at a time when scientists say failure to swiftly rein in carbon pollution would have devastating consequences for life on Earth, end quote. There is an estimate from a group called uh, Oil Change International. They're an environmental group. I know it's a weird sound. It sounds like you're going to Valvoline to get an oil change for your car. But that's just the name of this group, and they do great studies. Excuse me. <clears throat> Getting a little upset here. Hold on, folks. Got my teeth. So there was one analysis, according to um, priceofoil.org or Oil Change International, that the completed pipeline, once Mountain Valley Pipeline is completed, that it would generate some 89,526,651 metric tons of greenhouse gas emissions per year. And according to Oil Change International, that would be, this one pipeline, the emissions would be equal to 26 new coal-fired power plants or 19 million passenger vehicles. Think about that for a minute. Just let that sink in, okay? Now, obviously, the pipeline has drawn opposition from local and indigenous communities. You know, when we talk about indigenous communities, a lot of people forget that, you know, these Native Americans, they have lands which are in the continental United States, but they actually belong to this indigenous community, not to the United States. It was part of several peace treaties. 
The opposition comes from Sierra Club, the indigenous. Uh, there was an article documented by grist.org. And the local communities in West Virginia, as well as indigenous communities, quote, fear the project will expose water and land to dangerous leakage and pollution, okay, end quote. Right now, the pipeline's current route, okay, and I'm just reading straight from Jake Johnson's article, quote, the pipeline's current route would carry gas across around 1,000 streams and wetlands on its path from West Virginia to Virginia, as documented by the New York Times. Now, we've got some quotes here. Jamie Henn, who's the director of fossil-free media, said the following quote, it's not a climate solution, it's a climate bomb. And this was what uh, Jamie Henn wrote in a Twitter, okay? And Henn's right. Jamie Henn went on to say, quote, fast-tracking fossil fuel projects and industry boondoggles will just throw more fuel on the climate fire. Democrats shouldn't be sacrificing communities in the path of the Mountain Valley Pipeline just to please a senator in the pocket of big oil, end quote. Now, what's happened with this um, mansion side deal, it has to happen with a separate vote, and there hasn't been any timeline set for a vote on the side deal. But the side deal would do a little more. Here's the really, the kicker. Remember I said the, uh, the devil's in the details? Here's another detail that's really horrible. The side deal would also, quote, restrict legal challenges to energy projects, end quote. Now think about that for a minute. Let's say energy company A, maybe they built their pipe, part of, they're part of the pipeline, and maybe they used substandard steel for the pipes, which has happened more than once. And the stuff bust, it ruptured, it poisoned the community's water, people became ill, some people died, so on and so forth. According to this, this particular side deal, legal challenges to these energy projects would be restricted. I don't know the actual, um, you know, details, but just that concept even. That is giving preferential treatment to the fossil fuel industry when they should be no different than any other litigant. Even if the, even if the Biden administration wants to say this is a critical infrastructure project, I don't care. They still should be the same as any other litigant. You know, that old idea, you broke it, you fixed it, you bought it. This is what we're talking about. But this would restrict those legal challenges, and that's what the corporate attorneys wanted. And, yes, it's true. We know Joe Manchin's been in the hip pocket of big oil. We remember the uh, Exxon lobbyist talking about, you know, how he, you know, he deals with Jim Manchin on a weekly basis. You know, the corruption is, in D.C. is it's just endemic. It's horrible. Um, now, Manchin himself, though, suggested in a statement as documented by his own uh, website, uh, mansion.senate.gov, um, that, dem quote, the Democratic leaders committed to advancing legislation containing his priorities by the fall, end quote. Now, according to New York Times, they cited the, uh, different unnamed people that had some inside information about the deal, and, you know, the Times wrote that, quote, Democratic leaders 
will attempt to, quote, insert the Mountain Valley Pipeline and permitting provisions into a must-pass piece of legislation, such as the bill that funds the federal government to maximize its chances of final approval despite anticipated backlash from progressive members, end quote. And see, this is where, you know, we have to get on these people. You know, we need to fund the federal government, that's true, but no, you can't put it in a, a... you can't put a piece of garbage like this that's illegitimate into a funding bill. Sorry. But that's the crap they're pulling. Now, another environmentalist, Earth Justice President Abigail, Abigail Dillon, uh, issued a statement. And this was a warning about, it was a, it was a warning against um, attacking regulatory processes for energy infrastructure. And she basically warned that, you know, if you keep hacking away and attacking the very regulatory processes that are supposed to, you know, make sure that energy infrastructure does what they're supposed to do, that it, quote, prioritizes polluting industries and fossil fuel interests over people who are dealing with prolonged exposure to toxic pollution, end quote. Okay, and it's true. Now, the text of the Inflation Reduction Act, you know, emerged last week. Climate groups have been trying to get their heads around the trade-offs in the bill, trying to see if, okay, does the good outweigh the bad in this bill? Newsflash, it doesn't. And there's no reason why they can't write an honest bill. Okay, that means they'd have to go to the public, though. Um, and, And, you know, the bill... They're going to try and promote this as, well, it was a compromise, and everybody didn't get what they wanted. No, it's a scam. Now, there are some good investments. It's true. Okay? And we will talk about that. Um, There are some what they call historic investments and tax credits for renewable energy production. But they come with, quote, requirements for more oil and gas lease sales on public lands and waters, end quote, okay? Earthworks Policy Director Lauren Pagel issued this statement, quote, the world is on fire and Congress is attacking it with a squirt gun while giving Senator Manchin and fossil fuel executives more matches by fast-tracking oil and gas drilling and hydrogen boondockles. Drilling for oil and gas is no solution to the climate crisis, end quote. Now, there's many experts. They've offered uh, different estimates regarding how much the Inflation Reduction Act's passage would result in a reduction of carbon emissions. And one analyst, um, a court, as documented by the Washington Post, suggested, quote, CO2, CO2 pollution could be reduced by 800 million to 1 billion tons in 2030. Okay? Now, they didn't say what study it was. I don't know. Uh, I don't think, frankly, I don't agree with what the Post is saying. Now, Dylan, who, you know, again, is the Earth Justice president, said, you know, indicated that the Earth Justice supports the final approval of this Inflation Reduction Act. Um, but she made it clear that Earth Justice uh, will fight any, quote, attempt to weaken bedrock environmental review laws when the time comes, end quote. In the meantime, quote, Dylan added, we must focus on what's in front of us and get the critical climate and environmental justice investments 
in the Inflation Reduction Act passed, our planet can't wait, end quote. Now, it should be noted that Earth Justice is one of many groups that have sued, the, that have sued uh, to block the Biden administration's, quote, fossil fuel lease, lease sales, and that's according to earthjustice.org. Um, I don't think I agree with them, but, you know, it is what it is. Now, there's another piece by Jake Johnson, an earlier one. This one was published July 29th of this year. And, again, the headline is Major Handouts and Mansion Deal Delighting Oil and Gas Industry. Uh, and they have this tweet from one fossil fuel lobbyist who tweeted, quote, the Easter eggs that Mansion forced into this bill on leasing, they're a big deal. They're comparing poisoning and killing the planet to Easter eggs. Jesus. I mean, these lobbyists are some of the worst scum of the earth. That's the only thing I can say. A little more tea, please. Trying to sing good voice for you guys. So, you know, now, the fossil fuel industry got favorable treatment, and you would think, okay, they would be smart enough to keep their mouth shut, but they're that arrogant. They know they can push for more. They're not, the fossil fuel industry is not afraid of Joe Biden, you know, who is a senator from Delaware, you know, Delaware, the, the state where their, their main product is shielding corporations. <coughs> Excuse me. So, anyway, Rich Walsh of Valero, who is a fossil fuel producer, um, was talking about the tax credits in this bill. Now, mind you, the bill is 725 pages. Um, and, you know, he admitted that this legislation is, quote, helpful to our business. Okay. Well, that's good of him. Um, once again, why does the bill need to be 700 pages or a couple thousand pages? You know, and I'm not the only one to ask this. You know, Senator Elizabeth Warren did too. You know, I'm a writer, okay? And one of the things that I learned early on is that long, convoluted, complex writing which isn't necessary necessarily unless you're dealing with a very complex subject, isn't good writing. You know, you use it to obfuscate, to confuse your reader. Good writing is clear writing. You know, can you state this? Here's what we plan to do. Now, mind you, you might have uh, uh, an, uh, an index that lists all the details. But no, these bills don't need to be this long. They're doing it so that the mass amount of the public will never know how much they've been ripped off. And even corporate media, they, Washington Post got a one-pager. They have all these resources, and that's what they did. You know, they could have looked up these things. They didn't want to. Okay. So keep in mind, fossil fuel companies are, according to this article, posting record profits Again, it's documented by Common Dream. And they will benefit incredibly 
from one specific part of the legislation, quote, that requires drilling in the Gulf of Mexico and off the coast of Alaska, end quote. Now, another thing that they'll profit by is a, quote, mandate that oil and gas lease sales be held before the federal government can greenlight new solar and wind development. Did you hear what I said? There can't be any new solar and wind development, according to this bill, until they hold these oil and gas lease sales, again, of public lands. They belong to us. They do not belong to these private corporations. You know, isn't this provision that's, you know, isn't this really government-mandated discrimination that benefits one industry? Isn't that worthy of a RICO, you know, a racketeering investigation? You would think. Okay. Uh, Now, there was an unnamed oil and gas industry lobbyist who told Politico, quote, if you look at the pros and cons, the pros generally outweigh the cons. The Easter eggs that Manchin forced into the bill on leasing, they're a big deal. So it's the same guy, okay? The American Petroleum Institute, according to this piece by Jake Johnson, um, they weren't as enthusiastic. Now, keep in mind, the API, the American Petroleum Institute, is the largest U.S. trade organization for the fossil fuel industry. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett's daddy is, worked for them. Yeah. Okay. And they weren't as enthusiastic, and this is according to their own website, api.org. Um, they welcomed, though, what they described as, quote, some improved provisions in the spending package, end quote. Now, Barron's, which is hardly a liberal fashion of liberal thought, that, and as documented by Barron's, uh, reported that ExxonMobil, Chevron, Occidental Petroleum, and Equitrans Midstream, quote, could be among the bill's leading beneficiaries given its incentives for CCR, carbon capture technology, end quote. Now, some of you may not remember what that is, and it wasn't just a Republican thing, because President Obama loves CCR, okay? He touted it all the time. Carbon capture and um, what they call carbon, I can't talk to you. Carbon capture and storage is a technology that there's no evidence that it's effective. None, not yet. In fact, many climate advocates and scientists, uh, as documented by Common Dreams, have called CCR, carbon capture and storage, as, quote, a false solution pushed by oil companies trying to stop genuine efforts to slash emissions, end quote. All right. Now, Barron's loves CCR, carbon capture, uh, what do they call it here? Yeah, and storage. Barron's noted, quote, the legislation extends a tax credit for carbon capture and storage that oil can claim based on how much carbon they capture and sequester. Um, Barron's went on to say, quote, Exxon has made carbon capture, come at Exxon, okay, major oil company. So Barron's went on to say, quote, Exxon has made carbon capture a centerpiece of its low carbon investment and wants to build hubs in industrial areas where several companies could collaborate on projects. While it's still a relatively small business, big oil companies 
could start growing their projects quickly with federal help, end quote. What I want to know is why in the hell should my public tax dollar pay to solve the problems that these companies created? I'd like to know. Seriously. And keep in mind, CCS, Carbon Capture and Storage, was touted at the big environmental conference, too, held in Scotland earlier this past year. There is no evidence that documents that prove that carbon capture and storage is actually effective, that it works. So far, the evidence has shown that it doesn't work. It's an unproven technology that they're gambling with as the planet's on fire. All the extreme weather we're seeing here in Missouri, the flash flooding, the droughts in the west and the wildfires, all this going on is because of climate devastation globally that has been largely caused by the fossil fuel industry. There's no guesswork here. Now, these provisions have made some climate organizations very angry. Again, Abigail Dillon, president of Earth Justice, went on to say the following, quote, the Inflation Reduction Act injects $369 billion, with a B, into programs to support renewable energy production and innovation and creates the clean energy economy that can power this country into the future while finally spending real money to clean up deadly fossil fuels pollution. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We urge the Senate to seize it. Now, this sounds like Dylan is giving them carte blanche. She's not. She goes on to say, quote, at the same time, we have to recognize the many provisions in this bill that hold back progress. Tax credits, and she goes on into them, tax credits that extend the life of dirty coal plants, which will, will make it harder to reach critical targets for clean power. And we are outraged that this deal would undermine historic investments in clean energy by holding wind and solar projects hostage to massive new and oil gas leasing off our coast and on our public lands. We can't afford to double down on fossil fuels at this late stage of the climate crisis, end quote. So she clarifies it, and I'm glad she did. So what about carbon capture and storage? Is it effective or is it fiction? Now, everything I've read saying that there's absolutely no documentation, no proof that says carbon capture and storage actually works. It's an unproven technology. Barack Obama kept touting it. Again, he has access to even more information, so he knew it's unproven. Okay? You know, when it comes to the fossil fuel industry, It doesn't matter, it breaks my heart to say it, it doesn't matter if it's Barack Obama or Donald Trump, they are pretty much the same when it comes to this industry. And if Barack Obama isn't, then he needs to come over to the good side with Oil Change International and these other advocates and help. Stop double dealing. Okay? So there was an actual congressional panel that looked into carbon capture and storage recently. And this is an article that was published, sorry folks, it's Common Dreams again. This one was written by Jessica Corbett. 
Um, the headline is Climate Expert Debunks Big Oil's Lies About Carbon Capture, Nature-Based Solutions. And that's the headline. This was published February 8, 2022. Now, Michael Mann uh, testified at a U.S. House Committee on Oversight and Reform hearing about big oil climate pledges. He testified on February 8, 2022. Uh, Michael Mann is the director of the Earth System Science Center at Pennsylvania State University. Mann told the House panel that, quote, investing in natural gas is crowding out investment in true, clean, renewable energy that can help us decarbonize our economy and address the climate crisis, end quote. Now, Mr. Mann is a world-renowned climatologist. Okay, this isn't somebody that got off the Internet, folks. All right? And he was commenting on the fossil fuel company's, quote, key proposals to reduce planet heating emissions. Michael Mann said that what the fossil fuel companies were proposing were, quote, talking points rather than meaningful solutions to the climate emergency the industry created, end quote. That's from Corbett's article. Um, a direct quote from Mann was the following, quote, the climate crisis is real and it is here. In order to confront it, we need real solutions that are proven to work and to keep our planet safe, end quote. <coughs> Excuse me, people. <coughs> need a little tea been talking almost an hour. This is when I start having a few issues. So Michael Mann, once again, director of the Earth System Science Center at Pennsylvania State University, world-renowned climatologist, testified for the House Committee on Oversight and Reforms hearing about big oil climate pledges. Okay, and that's this document, and you can see it on YouTube. Um, board members who were invited, according to Common Dreams, from BP, Chevron, Exxon, Mobil, and Shell, they were invited to the hearing to get the other side of the story, and they refused to attend. And that's this documented by Common Dreams. So the Democrats on the panel asked Dr. Mann to address carbon capture and storage, uh, in addition to what are called nature-based solutions, such as planting trees. Now, planting trees helps. It's better to plant trees than to cut them down. We know that. but if, let's say, you plant a million trees, but they're seedlings, it's going to take a while for them to grow, even fast ones, and you cut down a million trees, you haven't fixed anything. You, in fact, you're not even at an equivalent state because those trees are little, little seedlings. So they're going to absorb less carbon than their big brothers and sisters. And if you cut, if you plant let's say a million little seedlings, and you cut down two million big trees, it's the same problem, only worse. So these environmental groups are not saying don't plant trees. They're saying, they're, they're basically, climate, the climatologists are, are exposing these frauds for what they are, frauds. Okay, it's, think of it like, um, I remember my mother telling me about her Aunt Mary. Now, Aunt Mary was very diabetic. Okay. She was morbidly obese, didn't bother to lose weight. She had a sweet tooth like crazy. And she would take her insulin and then eat a big piece of chocolate cake. You know, negates what the insulin can do, basically. She lost a leg, so then she just took a little more insulin and ate more cake. 
what the fossil fuel industry is suggesting is the same idea. You know, the diabetic who takes insulin and then still does these harmful things. Okay? So the one member on the committee, Representative Ayanna Presley, who is a member of the squad, uh, questioned Michael Mann. She first she said the following, Representative Presley, quote, the climate crisis is not a theoretical problem for the future. It's an imminent problem and crisis right now, okay, end quote. Near the end of the hearing, she also went on to say, quote, it is real and it is here. In order to confront it, we need real solutions that are proven to work and to keep our planet safe. So that was the quote at the beginning of the piece. The congresswoman also uh, made note that fossil fuel giants love to push this carbon capture and storage stuff, quote, as a way to offset their greenhouse gas emissions while allowing them to continue producing their toxic product at the same level, despite a lack of evidence that such technology actually works, end quote. Thank you, Ayanna Presley. You are wonderful. Representative Presley then asked Dr. Mann, Dr. Mann, quote, have there been advancements in CCS, in other words, carbon capture and storage technology, that make you believe it will perform as advertised by fossil fuel companies? Man's response, quote, no, I don't see any evidence at this point. There hasn't been a proof of concept that shows that you can use CCS, carbon capture and storage, and produce energy without producing carbon pollution. And as long as there's no proof of concept for that, then obviously it's not a meaningful climate solution, and it displaces, in other words, pushes out meaningful climate solutions like clean energy, renewable energy, okay, end quote. Presley agreed with him that CCS is unproven, and she highlighted that its risks are, quote, catastrophically dangerous, end quote. Now, <coughs> Ayanna Presley was referencing February 2020, when, uh, according to this article, quote, a pressurized pipe containing carbon dioxide and hydrogen sulfide ruptured and left residents of Mississippi's Yazoo County, quote, convulsing, foaming at the mouth, and even unconscious, end quote. This is what they're hiding from us, folks. Uh, Representative Robin Kelly was also talking to Nan about this. She's a Democrat from Illinois. Um, she made the reference that some companies like Shell push for these, what they call these nature-based solutions, carbon capture and storage, tree planting, et cetera. And she also asked for Dr. Mann's uh, perspective to quote Mann, Dr. Mann, quote, this is a common sort of pledge that you hear from fossil fuel producers. It's a bit of a shell game because the idea is that we can offset these fossil fuels that are carbon that's been buried beneath the surface of the planet for millions of years that we can somehow offset that by planting trees whose lifetime may be decades or at most centuries. And if you actually look at the resonance time of that carbon, it's not equivalent. You can't make up for the carbon pollution we're extracting from the earth by just simply expanding forest, end quote. Dr. Mann goes on to say, quote, and in fact, in recent years, we've seen that it can work in just the opposite direction because we're seeing worse drought and worse, and worse wildfires. And so we're seeing so much of that carbon that is stored in forests increasingly burning and putting that carbon back into the atmosphere. So it is not a viable strategy for really reducing carbon emissions, but it does give fossil fuel interests a convenient talking point, end quote. 
excuse me, Dr. Mann also reiterated the following. Quote, there is no evidence these sorts of projects can be viable at the scale that is necessary to reduce net carbon into the atmosphere, end quote. And then Mann also emphasized, quote, what does work is moving away from fossil fuels toward renewable energy, end quote. Now, there were also some lawmakers on the committee and um, that also leaned on Dr. Mann to, as, as Jessica Corbett wrote an article, quote, debunk other industry greenwashing. You hear the term greenwashing? You know yourself in politics. You hear somebody say, oh, they whitewashed that point, meaning they, they tried to make something illegitimate look decent. Greenwashing is the environmental equivalent. They're trying to make something that is just dirty and polluting look like they're actually doing something that's environmentally wise. They're not. Representative Chantel Brown, Democrat, asked Dr. Mann um, that, you know, noting that fossil fuel companies are still, quote, touting natural gas as the clean solution to climate change, okay, end quote. Chantel Brown also asked Dr. Mann to explain why gas is also, quote, not a viable alternative for the future, end quote. Mann's response. Dr. Mann said, quote, natural gas is a fossil fuel. When you burn it, it generates carbon pollution. Maybe somewhat less than when you burn coal, but at the same time, the process of extracting natural gas from the ground, hydraulic fracturing or fracking, release what we call fugitive methane. End quote. Dr. Mann goes on to say, quote, natural gas is mostly methane. It releases that into the atmosphere, and methane is an even more potent greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide on the relevant time scales of one or two decades. And so there is no reason to believe that natural gas is any more climate friendly than other fossil fuels. And investing in natural gas is crowding out investment in true, clean, renewable energy that can help us decarbonize our economy and address the climate crisis, end quote, and those renewable solar wind. Now, there are some other Democratic committee members that also talked to Mann, and there were two other witnesses, Tracy Lewis from Public Citizen and Mark Von Ball of Follow This. I'm not, I'm not familiar with Follow This. Um, now, Republicans that were in attendance at the hearing, they were outraged. They yelled about how the committee was demonizing the fossil fuel industry. Katie Tubb of the Heritage Foundation was there. And she was the final witness. And so the Republicans leaned on Ms. Tubb. Now, keep in mind, representatives from the actual fossil fuel industry could have attended. They were invited. They refused to come. Now, the committee's chair was Representative Carolyn Maloney, Democrat, New York. Thank you, Representative Maloney. She planned a hearing with Representative Ro Khanna, Democrat of California, who's a subcommittee leader. Um, that was in February. They had another uh, hearing scheduled for March. Um, and they noted that Tuesday's event came after four big oil CEOs appeared before them in October. Now, Richard Wiles uh, had a comment. He's the president of the Center for Climate Integrity. 
And he issued a statement that said, quote, we're grateful to Chairs Maloney and Kana for the continued work to advance the committee's investigation and hold the fossil fuel industry accountable. It's now a matter of congressional record that the fossil fuel industry's business as usual plans are exacerbating the climate crisis, not reducing emissions. Today's hearing made it clear that big oil's misleading pledges are simply more deception from an industry that has lied about climate change for decades, end quote. He goes on to say, quote, we now know why the big oil board members were not eager to participate in this hearing. Even the industry's staunchest defenders could not contest the fundamental fact that these companies are fueling climate change and are not serious partners in solutions, end quote. But, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> A little more tea. Okay. Dr. Mann, again, world-renowned climatologist, did warn lawmakers about what is called the danger of inaction, failing to act. Dr. Mann said the following, quote, people ask, what's dangerous climate change? Dangerous climate change is here. If you're Puerto Rico, if you're California, if you're Australia, if you're my home state of Pennsylvania that saw that record flooding with Hurricane Ida, we are already seeing devastating consequences of climate change, and it will simply get worse and worse, end quote. Mann went on to say, quote, that the real danger is that we start to cross certain tipping points where the damage that we do is irreversible on human timescales on historical timescales. The cost of inaction, in other words, failing to act, the cost of inaction is so far greater than the cost of taking action, end quote. So this is what we're dealing with, folks, is, okay? We're going to talk more about the Mountain Valley Pipeline, but we're going to do that on another show. I just, I'm going to have to shorten things down a bit because, what, you know, once again, um, my voice just gives out. You know, we do know in a piece from Reuters that Equitrans is one of the groups that will benefit from Mansion's deal, um, Mountain Valley Pipeline in particular. Um, they're you know, in an article from Reuters, um, the headline, and it was run August 2nd, just a few days ago, Equitrans to complete U.S. Mountain Valley Pipeline in 2023, share store. In other words, the stock market loves it. Okay. So that's part of it. We're going to talk about the Mountain Valley Pipeline and all this later. Um, we're kind of experimenting with this format here. So kind of bear with me. So, you know, in conclusion, yeah, it's bad enough that this deal is being heralded as a miracle in the corporate press. And this kind of feeds into our jackass, or rather Jenny of the week, female jackass, in other words. But today, on an allegedly serious news commentary show, namely Face the Nation, host Margaret Brennan interviewed now Senator Rick Scott on the, the uh, reconciliation deal. Now, you have to, Margaret Brennan asked Senator Rick Scott, who is a leader in the Republican Party, about the reconciliation deal, and she specifically leaned on Scott, you know, she mentioned his, his business acumen, you know, formerly as a 
major CEO of a big corporation, you know, she asked him to, you know, view this deal through the lens, you know, if, if you were going to hire somebody or buy into a deal, is this a good business deal? Now, this is why it's so frustrating. Senator Rick Scott, he had been governor of Florida. He's a senator from Florida now. Um, before that, he was the CEO of Columbia HCA, which according to this piece by, I think it was, let me see now, it's, uh, by the uh, Sun Sentinel, okay? Um, let me go back here now. According to the Sun Sentinel, um, I just lost my place, folks. I mean, he was the CEO of Columbia HCA. And, quote, Columbia HCA, one of the country's largest hospital networks, and it was amid a federal investigation. So uh, later, according to the article, quote, the company he helped found was fined $1.7 billion, with a B, by the Department of Justice for defrauding Medicare and other government health care programs, end quote. Now, I'm sorry, if I can look this up in a few minutes, what is Margaret Brennan's excuse? Now, it's obviously a rhetorical question. Margaret Brennan instead took everything that Senator Scott said on her program this morning as gospel. Okay? So I decided to revisit Rick Scott's record. I want to make sure I didn't get it wrong. And this was the Sun Sentinel from Florida. The headline, this was a piece written in 2019. Um, No, let me skip ahead. I'm sorry. There's a piece from the South Florida Sun Sentinel, and it's an opinion piece by Randy Schultz. Governor Rick Scott took responsibility. No, he took $300 This is when he was governor, but previously he ran this big, huge hospital company, Columbia HCA, and that company committed, was found guilty of committing Massive Medicare fraud. He didn't take responsibility, though. This was back in 1997. Uh, To quote from this article, quote, when the federal investigation of Rick Scott's former hospital company became public in 1997, the board of Columbia HCA forced him out. Scott left with $300 million in stock, a $5.1 million severance, and a $950,000 per year consulting contract for five years. What does Scott call that? Taking responsibility, end quote. So when Rick Scott was running for his for Senate, he, wrote, he had these campaign ads that were trying, according to his writer, to, quote, rewrite the history of Columbia HCA, uh, end quote. Now, Scott founded the company in 1987. He led it as CEO. Uh, the ad, ironically, is titled Responsibility, and the ad – that ran in 2019, compared Rick Scott's actions to, quote, strong leaders, end quote. Now, this company was investigated by the feds, the DOJ, and they were, the company was found guilty. Now, in the settlement with the government, quote, the company admitted to 14 felonies related to fraudulent billing and practices. Most happened under Scott's leadership, end quote. It goes on to say, quote, Columbia HCA, I'm just reading straight from the article. Gave kickbacks to doctors so that they so they would refer patients. Columbia HCA made patients look sicker than they were 
so Medicare would pay more, end quote. And this one part here is really damning, quote, Columbia HCA kept two sets of books, end quote. I believe that's referred to as cooking the books. It's a really illegal. So the settlement required Columbia HCA, they paid $1.7 billion with a B in fines. Back then, it was considered the largest healthcare fraud case in the country. Here's the ironic. This shows you how, how treacherous corporate media is. Scott left Columbia HCA, the company he founded and led, a year, a year and then a year after he left. Time Magazine awarded him and named him one of America's, quote, 25 most influential people for, quote, transforming how American hospitals do business through a company that consolidates operations and imposes cost controls, end quote. Apparently, Time Magazine didn't feel like checking the fact that the company was found guilty of massive felony fraud. You know, now, one of the stories is that um, the way Rick Scott himself avoided criminal prosecution was taking the fifth. There's stories that he took it like 75 times. I, I'll have to double check on that one. I don't know. Um, but, you know, and then Rick Scott, you know, this article when he ran for Senate in 2019, he claimed he took responsibility. But what Rick Scott did is, he, according to this article, he blamed the, the investigation, the DOJ investigation for criminal fraud on the Clinton administration. Um, which he said that the Clintons were one of revenge after Scott opposed health care reform. Um, Rick Scott also claimed that Columbia HCA, they weren't any worse than any other company doing a similar business. Um, he also noted that the government didn't charge him with a crime. And the worst part, Scott claimed he didn't know anything, which, you know, according to this article, says, quote, and uh, he was a genius who deserved his megabuck severance, but he had no idea about company operations, end quote. Either Rick Scott was a criminal, knew everything that was going on, or he was incompetent. But in either case, Margaret Brennan, of all people, as a journalist, should not have leaned on Rick Scott in his alleged business acumen. That is ridiculous. Never once did Margaret Brennan challenge Rick Scott about his past performance as a CEO. She automatically took his word as gospel when the evidence is really damning. And like I said a minute ago, depending on your frame of reference, Rick Scott was either clueless and incompetent as a CEO or he was a criminal, period. And yet Margaret Brennan sat there as, as a host of Face the Nation with bated breath doing the newsroom equivalent of fawning over this liar. Once again, corporate heads have transformed from actual journalists to overpaid stenographers. So right now, because I really want to give Margaret her due, for that reason, give me a second here, folks. You know what's coming if you listen routinely. Ah, I need to get better about Technology, I know that. Give me a second here. Ah, come on, my phone is so slow. But you know, Margaret Brennan had all these, you know, all these, all these uh, resources afforded her. But 
Again, she turned into an overpaid journalist. And for that reason, Face the Nation's Margaret Brennan, I am pleased to announce, is the proud recipient of the Environmental Justice Report and the PNN's Jackass of the Week Award. Here we go. Come on. Bray on, Margaret Brennan. Bray on. Okay. There we go. So that's our show for today. I hope you learned something. Uh, we will be talking about this more. We're going to be alternating, so it would help people if you're looking for, especially the environmental justice report, check the adverts that I put on Facebook um, because we're going to be doing more of this. We're going to alternate between PNN and EJR, environmental justice report. This one, I just couldn't avoid it, okay? I, I mean... You know, it's bad enough that the politicians in D.C. routinely lie, but then they go and tell us such an incredibly stupid lie? Really. So anyway, with that I say good night and God bless us. Hope you enjoyed the show.